Greetings, friends of Essential Aromatica. Today's episode is another spotlight on aromatherapy with my special guest, Lopa <laughs> Lopa Visavilea, with Lopa Visavilea of Purundri Hypnotherapy. I'm laughing because this is full disclosure. Um, I've known Lopa for a, quite a few years now, and I was like, Lopa, how do I actually correctly pronounce your last name? So I'm I, I'm acknowledging my uh, myself. So beautiful Lopa is a certified professional hypnotherapist and multi multi-dimensional healer. And there are many levels of depth and breadth of Lopa's experience and practice. And I'm just floored by our last conversation at um, what she does. With a master's degree in early childhood education and over 10 years of teaching experience, Lopa decided to take her practice of helping others in a totally, or maybe not totally, different direction. She decided it was time to, quote, activate her skills as a clinical hypnotherapist and become certified by the International Board of Hypnotherapy, end quote, as well as follow a soul-led intuitive path to awaken her innate spiritual and psychic gifts. An overarching goal of her path is helping others thrive by supporting optimal development, especially for women and children and even spiritual babies. I want to know more about that. How does Lopa do this? She is a multidimensional healer, a divine fire alchemist, a subconscious seamstress who helps others transform their lives through her intuitive and psychic gifts and modalities, including, and I'm sure not limited to, guided hypnosis alchemy work, nature-based imagery, subtle body work, aura soma bottles, of course, aromatherapy, because that's where I come in, and neuro-linguistic programming and breath work. Lopa's practice and presence is here to help us realize, and I quote, your presence is enough. Your unique soul frequency is a profound gift to this planet, end quote. So it is certainly a gift to connect with Lopa over the past few years and have her here with me today. And please, after listening to our conversation, learn more about her and her practice at Awaken. Purundri.com. Uh, so that's Awaken P R, excuse me, Awaken P U R A N D H R I.com. See that in the show notes and on Instagram as well as Awaken Purundri. Um, wow. So that's a lot. You're a beautiful person. And to kick it off, we have Heli Chrism to talk about. So Lopa. Why are, why are we talking about Heli Chrism as we start this episode together? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here and to begin our discussion with the beautiful Heli Chrism. So the reason I thought to bring this up is, first of all, I just love aromatherapy so much. And this specific plant energy spirit essence is one of my favorites if I had to choose just one that was like a reflection of my soul it would be this one <laughs> so what is I remember us connecting over uh Heli Chrism and you being like what you just said it's like it's you it's your soul so can you help share can you share what that means like yeah so I just I remember when I was first introduced to it it just spoke to me so much like the way that it grows and blossoms mm -hmm. and you can you know correct me if I'm wrong but what I do know about it is that it tends to grow in a mountainous region mm -hmm. and there's it's growing you know in and around rocks and so normally if you think of a beautiful flower blossoming you think of fertile lush soil and here it's in this rocky environment and just even just that much like I just felt like an awe of it like wow like you bring forth so much radiant beauty and wisdom and blossoming even though there's rocks around you so to me it represents the capacity of of spirit and of soul to blossom 
even despite adversity and challenge and for our ability to grow toward the sun. Ah, ability to grow towards the sun. That is beautiful. And I, I feel like what you just articulated talks is like embodies your practice and what your practice has come to be um, over the past several years. Yeah. Um, so could I, could I tie that into this first question? Because um, I think the, the word Purandri, I needed to look that up. And thanks to your website, you <laughs> explain it beautifully on your website. So could you help us uh, understand what that word means and how it basically is you? Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I would love to. So <clears throat> Purandri is a Sanskrit term that comes from the Vedic national prayer. So in the way that we have national anthems, the culture and the ancient culture of India had a prayer. And in that prayer, it was like an invocation of let there be people like this and plants like this and, and environments like this. They'll let there be an abundance of beautiful weather and all of these things. And among those things, one of the things that is invoked is a woman. And it's a type of woman. And it's not a particular woman, though there is mm -hmm. one woman in history who is known as Purandri, but it refers to a type of woman. And which type of woman? She is a warrior queen. And this queen and this woman, she holds both abilities equally, which is the love to nourish and cultivate an entire community, as well as the strength and protection ability to lead an entire civilization. And so I really find this balance to be paramount. And I think that when I say my work is awakened Purandri, it's to see that energy realized within myself and also walk with women as we all awaken these two balanced energies within us. I love it. that's beautiful in that that because you can you're not weak if you love and if you're strong you know, you can still love. It's like that, the archetypes of, you know, there's, you know, the warrior man, and then there's the mothering, doting mother. It's like, well, there's the and, right? They're bringing together. Yeah, That's yeah. And even as you speak about it, like it often reminds me of a rose. Like there's mm -hmm. so much delicate aroma and fragrance in a rose and so it's safe to have our heart open and sensitive and allowing but at the same time there are thorns you know and we do protect ourselves and we do stay resilient well to bring it back to heli chrism you have this beautiful immortal it's called right sun gold immortal heli chrism italicum this beautiful flower that grows on the coast, rocky, rugged, barren, in quote, soil, harsh environment, and there's beauty. Like, I feel like maybe, I mean, this is another reason why you're drawn to helichrysum is because yeah. it's part of this whole conversation. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much beauty in that. It's almost, it's almost rare and exquisite, you know, like, that you would find so much beauty in what would be otherwise considered barren. Yeah. You're just making me pause when I was recently in Arizona, when you look out by the Grand Canyon in this, the desert, the high desert, when yeah. you, when you're not looking, you're like, Oh, it's nothing. But if you look closely, you'll see plants and you'll see like this beauty. Exactly. So it's that, uh, paying attention, I guess. <laughs> hundred percent. And also, Amy, you're just so intuitive. I was, was going to mention a desert rose and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> let's <just laughs> go on the path that we're on. <laughs> but I love that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. And I love we're in sync today because we're both wearing shades of red, it looks like, yes. without knowing. <laughs> I love um, so we, of course, know each other through aromatherapy but you went on this path from being uh, amazing, and you still are an educator, but you went from a master's degree, uh, childhood education, 
And you went to hypnosis and now even further, like alchemy you're working with. So what led you to this path? What what was that transition like? What was the decision to go from education, childhood to now? It's really beautiful, actually. And it's a story that I have not shared yet. And perhaps this won't be the moment to share like all the details of that, but there was a transition and there was like an inner growing, you know, and there was a point at which I realized that the work that I'm here to do, it's not meant to be limited to the classroom, to one set of children and one set of parents at a time. And to be completely honest with you, like I fought that soul inclination for years, you know? Mm -hmm. I just love children so much. Like I love the interactions, I love the dialogue. I'm so inspired by them. And, um, you know, I'm, I I was really good at what I do and I still am. Mm. And, but yet there was just something that had to happen to bring me and break me through to another side. And in the middle of that, I decided to go learn more about the mind and um, meditation and spirituality and going within. And I've always been so curious about like how the brain, like metaphysical reality, you know, combining brain and neuroscience with spirituality and intuitive energy, like that's been a passion of mine forever. So when I went to just kind of tap into this work, even a little bit learning clinical hypnotherapy, Mm -hmm. I thought I was just going there for my own growth and expansion. I was like, I don't have to actually practice this, you know, Mm -hmm. I can just go learn and expand my soul. And it's beautiful. But it was so interesting, just like step by step, I came back and I was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I should get an office well, you know, maybe, maybe we can do this, you know, and it just kind of like started like falling into place. And I just followed my intuition. Um, And so here I am. And along the way, like, it became so obvious that this level of work is what I was always meant to do. I was meant to have this impact because I care so much about children and what I'm doing now in a way serves them on an even greater level. And so I kind of, instead of being inside the system and wanting to change certain things, I'm going at it from a totally different angle that I feel that I have even benefited from. So what led me along the path was truly my intuition and me being the person that says yes to my soul. It just, it didn't occur to me to hide and be like, no, 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 no. I don't want to go in that direction. I just was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. That's so fabulous. And um, it takes a lot to, to listen to yourself. And I, we, I won't make this about me, but I was on that path and I just, this year realized how things were knocking at my door and I was kind of saying, okay. And I was like, Oh, this has been a wild, like 10 years now. <laughs> um, but I want to just tap into something because uh, in your intro, uh, we know you work with women specifically mm-hmm. and children and you said uh, spirit babies. Yeah. If we could touch on that. That would be great. But is it safe to say that because, you work with children now, even in your practice, but by even working with women, you're working with women who have children. So when you're working with the mother, you're influencing that next generation. Is that safe to say? Exactly. Yes. There's so many layers of this. And this is one of my most like areas of passion. So I'm so glad you bring it up. Um, Yes, exactly. And so let's say I am working with a woman like whether or not she chooses to have children in this lifetime, all women are creators and we are emanating this creation force energy. And so, yes, it's 100,000% impacting the frequency, the vibration of what that person is living as. Now, let's say they do have children or they're planning on it, then of course, in an even deeper way, this energy and this vibration is impacting the cells of those unborn children you know 
And it's so beautiful, like the generational impact of that as well. And Mm -hmm. of course, if they have children in their life, like the mother, the father, the parents, the authority figures in the home, them changing and kind of becoming more in integrity with their wholeness and their being in the world, that changes the name of the game for children. Because children between the age of zero to 13 are only in their subconscious mind. And this means that they're like a sponge and they're taking in all of their reality as true and fact, and this is the way things are. And so everything that I carry as a human being and my belief systems, my actions, my behaviors, my habit, like whether I'm the type of person that runs from my soul reckoning or I go walk straight toward it, you know, that's impacting my future children. That's impacting every person that I meet. It opens up a channel then that person gets to respond to as adults they get to respond to me as a conscious person like Mm. oh this is interesting I'm inspired by it I resonate with it or I don't I get to make a decision but children they're just like flooded by it you know and so instead of thinking of that as a negative thing I see as a such a positive thing that if I plant positive seeds of expansion and beauty and joy within me I get to share that with a child you know And instead of pointing out to a child, and this goes back to subconscious language, all the things that they're quote unquote doing wrong, Mm -hmm. like stop running or don't do that. The subconscious mind speaks in feelings and imagery. It doesn't understand English or Russian or French. So if you say stop running and you close your eyes, all you see, perhaps you might see a stop sign because you're an adult, but you see somebody running. And so when you say stop running to a child, you just told them to keep running. And so then if you're upset that they're doing the thing you asked them not to do, don't sit on mommy's white sofa with your grape juice. Well, you just invited them to sit there. And so, you know, if we could know that and plant plant the positive environment and the energy, it impacts them. And so to mention the spirit babies, Mm-hmm. This is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so honored I get to share this with you on this podcast. But I feel that one of the biggest reasons I had to step out of the classroom environment is because I truly see Earth as my classroom. Like mm-hmm. there's spirit babies, there's souls that's that are wanting to come in, that are ready to come in and take life in a home, in a beautiful home. And I essentially connect the channels for between them and their parents. And so when you have parents who consciously are desiring to bring new life into this world and give them a beautiful environment, I help those channels connect. And these next souls coming in are of such a beautifully powerful and sensitive caliber that many times their parents are called to my work to prepare. Because if you don't prepare your body, it's kind of like getting a massage. When you get a massage, like it activates all these emotional triggers. And then whether you wanted to deal with it or not, it's all up here and it's alive. (laughs) It's gonna flow out, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way, if you called in a powerful soul and you're really you're aligned, you know, I believe that that we have soul agreements, like children and their parents make soul agreements with each other to walk life together. So you have this agreement, you call in this child, and now you're pregnant, that child is an activator, that child is going to literally activate yourselves, you know, Mm. and so you are kind of playing off of each other. And this is where other things come up, like people experience, you could call them symptoms or other things. But just just the act of being pregnant and having a child like especially this type of a spirit baby coming through it's a different experience and so I help people I would hope that people come to me way before not just when they're pregnant although Mm. I can support them then but to prepare ahead of time you know to prepare their vessel to be in dialogue with that and in a way I see myself as an advocate for spirit babies and for those souls. And I, I can hopefully guide and teach parents, you know, what kind of an environment can we build for these Mm -hmm. children that you're wanting that are coming in that would help them blossom. Yeah. I mean, you just touched on so much and through, um, we had a pretty in-depth conversation recently and a lot of these, 
words come up like blossom and um, you're like creating an environment and planting a seed. And I think this ties in beautifully to expand upon you facilitate change. You help people prepare and change their environments and be that, you know, the mindset working with past traumas and, and the like, and you call, you're calling your, and starting to call your work hypnosis alchemy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like explaining that you already started to talk about it. Would you mind sharing what that is um, in building off of your, your, what you just shared? Cause I feel like it yeah. goes together. Yes, absolutely. And so the reason that I am going in this direction is because very quickly, even in my first sessions, like my very first sessions, when I learned clinical hypnotherapy, I've always had this like powerful gut instinct, this intuitive approach. And I've just, I'm just like, naturally this rebel, this rule breaker, you know? And so it wasn't that I didn't want to follow the rules, but I just have this like momentum that is guiding me in a very specific direction. And it's very soul led. And one of the things we refer to is the super conscious mind. Now, some people may think of that as God, spirit, the universe, but it's basically higher wisdom intelligence coming through, right? You could even think of it as nature, the way that plants speak to us. Um, but so when we look at the concept of the mind, we have the conscious mind. That's the part of us that we're aware of that makes decisions and we decide things. Um, but that is only 3% of our mind. And 97% of our mind is the subconscious mind, which it's the most dominant part of our mind. It's running our entire nervous system, our whole body, all of our past patterns, positive and negative, neutral experiences live there, memories, emotional memories. Um, but within the subconscious mind, we also have something access to the super conscious mind, which is that's divine wisdom, that's channeling coming through, that's psychic insight, that's you going to sleep and having um, a question about your life and you wake up in the morning and you just have a solution, you know, that you just you slept and it like filtered through and now you feel more empowered and clear. So with that super conscious wisdom, I feel that's what's coming through me is my own wisdom guided me to expand this work on different dimensions. So hypnotherapy is referring to the conscious, subconscious and super conscious mm-hmm. mind, helping you get into a very clear and focused state. But what I bring to this work also includes the soul. And so connecting with your soul, understanding why you came to this life and really taking away any veils or filters that are sort of inhibiting you from expressing and being your divine flame, your soul self. So soul is another aspect of it. Then we have the conscious mind. Then we have the subconscious mind. Next, we have the energy field. And this is, again, a place where I feel I bring in my intuitive work. The energy field field I support with orosoma which also includes herbal infusions essential oils and liquefied crystals but also the aromatherapy also the energy fields you know like being in touch with because we're much bigger than just this body our energy field extends at least six to ten feet so that part of it and then we have the physical body and so because I work with these five layers of being it's not just mindset work. It's not just let me go in there and address some of these patterns. And a lot of people do that work and it's effective and there's nothing wrong with that. But my work is just so much more integrated and holistic and advanced because if you had a script or a pattern for helping somebody to release the habit of eating too much of XYZ food, you know, from my perspective, that's too specific. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking at a soul and a real whole human being right in front of me, I'm not interested in band-aiding or reorganizing this one specific thing and saying, let's take you from this pattern and plug in this one. Like that is not my way. That seems too practical. It seems not 
in honor of the bigness of who they are, I'm more interested in who are you? Who do you want to be? What's your desired expression of life? How can we go there? How can we expand into that? Like, if these scripts and these audios could have worked for you, then, you know, everybody would just be walking around feeling great. (laughs) Um, But I feel that humans are more complex. And I've been gifted with the ability to see their soul form. And so when I sit in front of a person who has consented to receive this work and have my support and guidance, I see them as a soul. I also see their trajectory from point A to Z, which is where they're desiring to go. And I see the biggest Like if that was a ship, I see the nails that are the biggest blocks. Like we don't have to address all of it, but these two or three things are the ones that are holding you back the most. Let's soften those, you know? And as soon as, as you were talking about weeding the garden before we got onto this call, like as soon as you remove some weeds, the flowers are already there. And so when you remove the biggest weeds and you remove them from the root and you do them in a very consensual, holistic dialogue way where the visual and the imagery is very aligned for both people, the flowers just start growing. And then we follow that path. And then we get to enter into a realm of expansion and amplification and not just, quote unquote, healing or addressing trauma. Wow. I was like, I'm furiously taking down like words and notes as you're talking. And this comes, what you just, you just shared so much. I feel like you could write a book (laughs) Um, and maybe you are that I know that, and you brought this up during a previous conversation that people need to be ready to do that work. Like you're going in on this deep, deep, I don't like the word holistic because it's overused, but you're going yeah. on this multi-dimensional level yeah. and you're spending time with people and you are a conduit and you're helping, but they need to be there and willing to do the work, right? And to be, to give you permission to, to be present. And I just like to banter about that a bit because there's a lot of that. And I'm guilty. Like I have a headache. You want to get rid of it, do this. But like you're saying, we need to find the big obstacles, but I need to be willing to let go of some of that stuff. Like I'd love your thoughts. Oh my Uh, gosh. That brings up so many thoughts for me because even just like the idea of a headache, it's like we come up against obstacles, whether they're internal or external because they were created by a specific situation and there could be a reason behind a specific headache you know but if i am not actually willing to change my perspective my approach my lifestyle my actions my habits there is really no point in me having a conversation with someone who says, I have this headache or I have this obstacle that, you know, probably needs to be resolved or is a problem or is an Mm -hmm. issue or a condition. Yeah, it may be the case. There may be a situation going on that is unbeneficial or unhelpful in some way. But I'm not the kind of person who wants to have a conversation about it and just talk about it. I'm here to help a person who is ready to release that in a much deeper and bigger way. And that too, from a very nuanced perspective, because we don't guarantee results here. You know, it's a very nuanced perspective. Like, are you open to seeing the situation in a different way? Are you open to seeing how your body is actually on your side? And it's giving you a message that perhaps you haven't received and, you know, to see yourself very uncritically and to see the, the proposed challenge very uncritically, that's a perspective shift. And that requires a softening. And like, as you and I both know, like, 
that's a that's an internal transformation and change and we can never force someone to soften their approach to anything a person has to choose that and so yes it's absolutely very true that the person i feel would be most aligned for my work or this type of work this mm -hmm. type of really in-depth soul level human work is their desire change they desire transformation. They desire an alchemy and they're willing to show up for it. Like they're willing to commit to it. Like, yeah, I'll wake up every day and for five minutes, sit with myself and mm -hmm. contemplate this or listen to this audio or yeah, I'll listen to this audio before sleeping. I'll do my like self hypnosis. Um, I'll, this aromatherapy elixir, this massage oil that you mailed to me that is really connected to my heart healing and some of the things that I'm releasing, healing, forgiving myself, I'll take time to apply that and sit with myself, you know, and all of these things require self leadership and self responsibility. <laughs> and so I, I just really am not in the position of being the fixer, you know, mm -hmm. it's, you you are ready you desire it and what i have for you is i have the opportunity that i've seen people let go of things that they thought that were not possible to let go of so i'll bring in the possibility i'll bring in the pockets of possibility to your present moment and your job is to show up and be open to it and do your work that is so i mean we all we're all human right and like there's things and I'm thinking of myself that you hold on to and you kind of yeah. cling to because you think that makes you who you are or yeah. that was so fundamental to who I became. And I remember having some aha moments in my life where I let go of, I call it the power some people had on me. Yeah. But like it took, it took years mm -hmm. <laughs> to realize like, oh, that person that happened, but I gave them way too much credit for my life, you know, yeah. but it took me, I had to, to do that internal processing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. I mean, this is not, not even a question, but I'm like, yeah. like, has, has it happened where someone's shown up and you start working with them and they've had some of those aha moments, even if they weren't fully ready to let go, but through a, a session or self-work you give them, did they be like, Lopa, oh my God, I I've been doing this with you for, I don't know, five sessions now. And I just had this breakthrough where I realized that that moment where I thought X, that's, that's gone. Like, does that, okay. is, does that, that happens, right? Yes, that happens. That is like the crux of my work. And it happens so often. And, okay. and it can happen in both ways that you describe. Sometimes the level of work that we do in one area of their life is so profound, that it just naturally becomes this energy that expands. And like you're saying, like, other things just kind of lift up, and they're just not a heavy weight anymore. And it's just like, let go and release. And it's like, oh, wow, I actually just realized I'm not agonizing about this. This thing anymore so it happens naturally and then it also happens on purpose like because it's really powerful also when someone can come to me and you know usually they're doing more we're always doing like a set of sessions right mm -hmm. but they might come to me on one day and be like you know what this one thing with so-and-so in my life even though it happened so long ago it just keeps coming up in my brain and they're ready. And so they'll tell me, like, I'm ready to let go of this, right? Mm. And so then I have direct processes as well that release that enmeshment, that tie, that tightness, that tension, you know, of holding on to that. Because there's two things going on there. The subconscious is going to hold on to it until you get in there, you open the door and you tell it, hey, it's okay. I consciously am ready to move on from this incident or this part of my life. You can let go now, you know? So like there has to be a way in to let that go, but mm -hmm. the conscious mind is so powerful that you could decide. And it's so beautiful. Like at the end of those certain types of sessions where I'll ask them. So, so think back to this moment that you were telling me before where you felt this 
energy or this resentment or anger or this heaviness around the situation or this person or this concept how does it feel now and they're like just feels so far away it just feels like mm. a memory and it's light and it's, oh. it's neutral and I'm just like oh, I'm so happy that's just you saying that that way I'm like I'm smiling and like I literally felt my thighs get lighter yeah I made sure I'm like that's like such a gift you're like oh it's like I feel like when you're doing your job you're not doing your it's like your work doesn't feel like a job exactly (laughs) it feels like such a blessing and you know to witness these moments of human transformation like over and over again it's a healing power that like flows through me as well. You know, like watching people forgive people that they never thought they would reconcile Mm. relationships that they never thought they would. Like these people don't even have to be alive or you might not have a physical relationship with them anymore, but you can still energetically release yourself from past ties and release that weight off of your shoulders you can have a reconciliation and freedom. And I think that's where the word liberation comes in. You know, when you even mentioned feeling the lightness in your body, it's, that's what it really is. It's, it feels Mm -hmm. light, feels liberating. And yeah, it feels like such a gift to witness, Mm -hmm. to watch, and also for them to experience. Good. I I really appreciate your sharing how this can be, it is energy, right? It's subconscious. So this could be someone who passed away in this lifetime that you reconcile something yeah. like this person doesn't have to presently be in your life yeah. for you to transform that energy. I, I really, that's yeah. important. There has been so much powerful work done around that. And one of my clients, I won't share her personal details, but there was somebody in her family that passed away that she had to really reckon with, you know, because Mm. she was holding a lot of guilt around that. And it's so powerful when that particular soul that you need forgiveness from, because sometimes if you feel that you've wronged someone and they're not here anymore, it almost feels like you're perpetually forever stuck because Mm -hmm. that person will never be able to tell you it's okay. I forgive you. Like you did the best that you could, but to facilitate a session where we call in that soul and that energy and to witness them love each other, forgive each other, free each other from those burdens. I mean, there is nothing more profound. There's nothing more profound. I just, I can't imagine. And it's, I just kind of feel a lightness just thinking about it. It's, it's, it is liberating. And that's a word you've used. Um, But I have so, so many, it was these questions and we kind of touched upon a bunch of stuff. So I'm, I don't want to do the obvious, like how is it working with essential oils change your practice? Cause this (laughs) is so much bigger. This is such a bigger conversation. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Yeah, I'm going to pick this one because it's deep. Uh, and this has already come through that you work with the concept of death and rebirth through your work. And yeah. we could talk to, but of course, the nature cycles. And right now we're transitioning towards winter. But I'd love for you to share about that, about um, this death and rebirth through your alchemical work with clients. Yeah. Oh, I love that you brought up this part of it. I just love that concept so much. And it also really reflects on my unique energy and signature work, because Mm -hmm. I don't know if we talked about this, but my name, Lopa, is a Sanskrit word, and it means to destroy everything but the soul. What? No, you never shared that with me. (laughs) Yeah. And so if you've ever heard of like the deity form of Shiva and Shakti, Mm -hmm. so Shiva, he does the, and she does this action. So it's the feminine form. It's the feminine form of that cycle of creation and destruction. So that's literally what my name means. And so that's literally what I do is, is I help people reconnect to their soul. And it's the death of anything that's 
physical or tangible that doesn't serve them anymore. You know, you allow that affliction, that tension, that stress to die. And, and from that, you get to move on, you get to be reborn in this life itself. My clients really tell me this, and I feel that it's true that many times a single session is a rebirth, mm -hmm. because the person that walks away is not the same person that began that. And even like, for example, this conversation here, like having this conversation, saying certain things out loud, we are not the same people that entered this field, you know, like so many minutes ago mm -hmm. and so this cycle of death and rebirth it happens both ways and this is what I love about the balance is it happens naturally sometimes things come up in your life and as you said it's like knocking on the door and it's like you gotta address this now it's coming up it's coming up again and again and and you just have to address it right one way or the other and we can bring it up through the medium of a work like mine on purpose. We're bringing it up on purpose and we're saying, I want to be reborn. You know, I want to alchemize this part of my life if I'm ready. You know, we never look at pain or trauma as something we have to fix, but mm -hmm. you could desire that. And the word alchemy really matters here because I think it ties together death and rebirth because death and rebirth could be very black and white you know, mm -hmm. but alchemy is where they get tied together, which is like, you put a piece of coal in the fire, it becomes a diamond. And after or if you pressurize it, yep, yep. Yep, um, <laughs> I mean, you could shine it and give it an aura in the fire. But either way, like once it has alchemized from the organic material into a different structure. It's the same material, but mm -hmm. it's a different structure and has alchemized into the diamond. Now, if you crush that, you're just going to get diamond shards. So you can't go back to where you used mm -hmm. to be. You are oh, it's beautiful. I love the shards because I'm like, what you get? I'm like, oh my God, no way. Uh <laughs> That's just beautiful. But um, I want, this is, this is so beautiful. You brought up trauma, you know, because yeah. trauma comes in many forms, uh, right? And yeah. I, you were touching upon how trauma, it's like you work with someone that had an experience and you have all these modalities you work with yeah. and the trauma won't be erased. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, taking it and saying, this is an experience. I'm ready to address it. I need help. And in comes you and in comes other modalities. Um, like, could you just share your thoughts on trauma gets transmuted, but yeah. you don't get rid of it. And I know you have a lot to share about this topic. Oh, uh, um, yes. And yeah, so you're, wait, I just, you're not going to make it go away, right? That's the trauma is not well, going to go away. Well, here's how I would phrase it. I would phrase it this way, that we experience things as traumatic or as deeply traumatic when they happened. You know, it's in that moment that it's very hurtful. It's very painful. Um, something happened right now. We hold on to it over time because it is hurtful and it is painful and it mattered, you know, and we don't abandon ourselves and we don't force ourselves to get over it or pretend it didn't happen or, you know, supersede another reality over it because the body speaks, you know? Mm. And so what our body has walked through is there. Now, what we can do is when that person is ready or desiring, when they get there, they realize that, I understand that it happened, but now I'm getting to this point where I'm feeling like I'm holding myself back. Mm -hmm. Like I keep going back to it. I keep looping back to it. It's stopping me from doing and being things that I really want to be. And so this comes, there comes a precipice, like a choice point and a desire. And that's where they might read something online or, or see somebody's content or hear a podcast. And they're like, oh, wait, you can release that. You can move mm. on from them. I could have a different life. Like I, I don't have to have this like stress response, this like burning energy that, that comes up and this de incapacitating fear that overwhelms me in the panic attacks. Like I could have a different experience. There's hope. Like mm. I don't have to go through constant migraines or pain. Like 
that's where they're like, oh, well, if that's a possibility, I would like that possibility. And then the work that we do, what it really does is it releases the extra energetic charge around it. So what has happened is a very real situation happened. Um, let's say you were in the ocean and you almost drowned in the ocean. That was a very real situation. Your whole body remembers that. And so now it's trying to keep you safe and keep you away from potentially more situations like that. It's very real. And so what we remove, we it's not even that we remove it, is we reduce the stress response and we speak to the subconscious mind and we tell it, this is who I am now. This is my capacity now. Like I know how to swim. I trust myself. I'm this many years old now. You know, I want to go near the ocean. I feel capable. I want to feel confident. You speak to the subconscious mind mm -hmm in the language of the subconscious mind. And it's like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that you were ready to move on. Okay, I can stop creating an exaggerated stress response and launching you into flight and fight every time. Let's take that down. So it goes from a level 10 of whatever the feelings are, frustration, anger, feelings of anxiousness, stress. And we take that down to two or zero. And that's, that's what happens. It's not like it, the situation never happened. Mm -hmm. And now you have calmed down enough to respond to life in a different way. And at a micro level, you can also see this in relationships. Like sometimes somebody will say something to you and quote unquote, it triggers you mm -hmm. or the way they said it or the way they didn't ask permission before they rearranged the kitchen cabinets, like something about that, mm -hmm. like, ugh, you know, and the reason for that is you you probably experienced someone else doing that. And then it was, it was not fun for you, you know? So like now in real time, you're having this exaggerated stress response and all that really happened is somebody moved the Nutella from here to here. And you're just like, that does not work for me. You know, again, yeah. legitimately with reason, but mm -hmm. those moments show us, Ooh, I think I probably need to like lower the dial on that stress yeah. response because I don't think it's very helpful to them. My, the way I'm responding, it's not helpful to me. I also don't want to do it anymore. Why did that just come out of my mouth? I want to be a more compassionate, calm, relaxed person. And it, those little moments show you where we could turn the dial down. Um, yeah, I I love that. I just, you have these great words uh, and like energetic charge is such a lovely way to, to frame something because it is about our response to things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'd want to share and make this about me for a hot second because wow. I've learned to practice things differently than I would have 20 years ago, but there's major construction below me in my apartment. We live over a commercial space. I, Notice when I start to be like, why is this happening now? And then that feeds like a, in, 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 like a little rat. It just feeds. Why is this happening? This makes me angry. And I'm like, Amy, stop. Breathe. You can change it. You can leave your apartment. You could put your headphones on. This is not going to end. It will end soon. And sometimes I take out an essential oil and I'll yeah. smell it to become centered. So last Ooh. week I was smelling cedar wood, uh, uh, Juniperus virginiana. So I'm just bringing this up because it's about... I'm recognizing and I'm like, okay, this is my response. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I could change it. And I never used to be able to do this. And I'm, I'm thankful I could do that now. Yeah. But I'm also bringing this up because a lot of the work that you do, there is a self-awareness that has to come. And we've talked about this yeah. today about the client patient needs to be ready and to reach out to you right like they Absolutely. have to they're already aware mm -hmm. yes it's very not... important like I think this work works best for someone who is aware that they have a quote-unquote problem like that they want something to change you yeah. know in an ideal world, like in the future, I definitely imagine people using my work and my audios as proactive support, because that's the way it works so beautifully. And that's the way like, women who are pregnant, like their babies are learning, 
to connect to their intuition, to be relaxed, to send away anything that doesn't serve their highest purpose. Like they're learning this in the womb and that's going to create powerful agents of change in the world. Right. But at the moment, typically people, you, you do have self-awareness. Now somebody might have self-awareness about one aspect of it and they come into my work and then they're like, wait, Mm. there's all of this, you know, (laughs) because once we start opening it up, they're like, now you can see differently because you've changed. And so you can see what you didn't see before. Yeah. I love this conversation with you because I didn't really know or appreciate hypnotherapy. And of course you had, your practice has grown, which includes hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's not like you see in the movies from the yeah. 1950s of someone goes on stage, they do the watch thing, click their fingers and suddenly <laughs> someone stops smoking. Like that's, this is not the the way it works. <laughs> but, no. you know, I, when I was little watching, I love Lucy, you know, that's yeah. how I thought, thought it worked. Uh, but you mentioned something I would love uh, for our listeners to know about your practices. You offer things on, on your website, right? You offer audios that people can yeah. go and turn to maybe they're for downloading or purchase. Yes. Exactly. So people, if could you share about that? We'd love to support you. And if someone maybe wants a session with you, maybe this is a way to start is by fi- yeah. finding a, a, a audio, excuse me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm setting up my website and my Instagram. Anyone can always message me and let me know that they'd like to do like an introductory level of work or hop in on a group session or deeper one-on-one work with me. But I always say that you choose an entry point that feels good to you and you start somewhere because all the layers of my work are equally potent. But the way the audios work is so beautiful because you can keep them with you at home and you you just learn to use them and and they're kind of a support system, very similar to the essential oils. It's like, let me let me um, dialogue with this energy today. You know, I really mm-hmm. feel like I need to get back in my body, connect with my purpose and relax, or I need some peace and relaxation, which is one of my audios. Many people use that to help them sleep at night and release stress while they're sleeping and reorganize things right um so those audios are a really powerful way and they're specifically designed to grow with you like the the imagery in there is so expansive it's not coded to a very specific thing and yet it is you know it's like like I have a whole collection that's focused on physical healing and it releases toxicity from multiple layers of the body, you know? So if you're working on something with autoimmune or your blood, like maybe you want this collection to support you and people use it for like better outcomes, you know, if they're having surgery or something like there's so many different things, but basically have audio collections that people can use at home. And I, I do recommend that if you have a specific goal or desire, you can come to me and tell me like, and I'll create a five audio set that's specific to you and pair it with a group session. And it's like a great starting point. Mm, That's fabulous. And I also wanted to mention, like when you mentioned smelling something to help you come back into calm, like the aromatic anchors, because that's really a beautiful part of the way that I incorporate aromatherapy is if somebody is having an experience where they have that higher energetic charge around something, what the audios are doing is it's reorganizing your brain so that you can uh, be more connected to peace as opposed to chaos because our brain and nervous system gets used to what it's used to. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got to pull the weeds, but we also have to plant the new seeds because if we don't plant the new seeds, the weeds are going to grow back. And so that's what my audios do. They're very holistic in that way. They're just nourishing. They do all three parts. They clear out, they plant the new, and then they water, nourish, and fertilize. And then where the aromatic anchors can come in and be helpful 
Um, and this I only offer in my one-on-one -on -one work is you have a roller, roller ball or you have an, in, an aromatic inhaler, right? And it's connected to the frequency you want, which might be peace, calm, or I'm present with myself before I communicate with others. And as you were mentioning, Amy, like you have become even more proficient at stopping yourself in the moment and choosing to respond another way. Mm -hmm. I term that as like, recoding reality in the moment like we stop and then we like reorganize and then we express right and so the anchors the aromatic molecules really help with that because if you've already put it on your wrist in the morning now in the moment you're like okay let me calm down I know this is, you know, bringing out this other energy but let me calm down let me respond differently and then when they use this anchor or this um aroma in the moment even with audios mm -hmm. it creates a connection and that's the anchor and it's like every time I smell this now I feel ready to sleep every time I smell this I respond differently so yeah yes I love um how you've used that word aro the aromatic anchor because aromatherapy can be super powerful um as a modality to support therapy, mm -hmm. not even aromatherapy, but like the work you do or the work that um, a psychiatrist would do. It's like aromatherapy, the essential oils, because they're so chemo based, yeah. you can plant that scent scape, create that scent anchor to be like, I feel this way now and I'm smelling geranium. Okay. I'm going to remember that. Right. And it's, exactly. it's a great tool. And I love how you call it an anchor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I do feel that it, it anchors us to that. And that's another way that I combine the modalities because mm -hmm. in neuro-linguistic programming and breath work, there are certain ways of breathing that bring us back into homeostasis mm -hmm. and rest and digest. And let, if you connected that type of breath with the aroma and then, and then the memory and the emotional and aromatic landscape of the peace or the relaxation or what you're desiring, you've got this beautiful multidimensional toolkit that can really help you. And because it's so multidimensional, there's so many entry points for your whole, can I say your soul, for the, yeah. the essence of you to remember that. Exactly. There's so many, so many complementary inputs. Is that a good way to say that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus like, uh, that you know, one and done thing that our culture is so you like, just do this, yeah. take that for that. And yeah, it's going to go away. It's like, well, no, it's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I, that's why I feel so confident about this work because it's so thorough, mm. you know, it really just impacts like so many areas. And as you said, gives so many avenues and opens so many different channels where we can expand. Yeah. I love that. Uh, uh, I can't wait. I've listened to some of your audio and I'm excited to make a commitment to myself as I'm working on some things within myself to uh, explore your work more. Uh, as we wrap up, is there, uh, I had a question, but you're, we already kind of talk about that, but is there any advice or any thoughts you have around just this is so loaded. Just how, how to be a better person. I, I have my question was, what can we humans do differently to raise amazing humans? Mm. <laughs> and you worked that. with children, like you have a formal education in education, but it's like, yeah. what's, what, what's a thing? What's a thought, not a thing, something a human can do to make a better for other humans. Yeah. I love this question, <laughs> you know, and it is a big question, but I think the beauty of it is, is any one of us deciding an answer and committing to that action step, like that makes all the difference, you know? And so what's coming up right now, as you ask me this question is mm, like, what if instead of putting our desires and expectations on children and other people, and wanting to, them to behave and act in another way, one of the most powerful things that we could do as adults and humans is observe more. Mm 
is witness more, is to become more present in ourselves. And instead of desiring that child to enact a certain trajectory or walk a certain path or put your shoes away in this space specifically the way I said it, when I said it, if we just release that and observe and nurture the flower to grow, you know, and appreciate the good things, the quote unquote good things, because my deepest mission in the world, and I used to talk about this so much when I was an early childhood educator is I want to see more original thought. Mm. Because I believe children have it. Children have original thought. And what happens is we parrot so much. We ask them to repeat after us so much that they're just like, oh, well, this seems to be the way that we're supposed to survive in this world. You repeat after the person and, and do what they say and say what they say and believe what they say. And I'm like, no, I want to know what you think about this, you know? Amen. So that is the gift that I wish I could give the world. As a teacher, I did this all the time. If a child asks me like, Miss Lopa, how does the sun rise? And my answer is like, I don't know. What do you think? Mm. Like, I'm more curious about how they see the world and letting them express that and illustrate that than trying to tell them that I'm right and that this is the way you should walk. Yeah, it's... I just love this and I I we think similarly. So I'm out here like yeah. nodding. I'm like, but it's what a beautiful gift and uh to share. And I love that. So desire is an expectation. Uh, I have this this phrase that um it's not original to me, of course, but I created an artwork. Mm-hmm. I work in wax and scent and collage, and it said your concepts are dangerous. And in wax, I had it etched in concepts are dangerous because they are. And then tacked on a piece of paper with a pin, I put your. Uh-huh. But to be, because it's so fleeting, but I'm bringing this up because concepts and say like this thing, that's right. This is the way it's like, well, maybe that's not true. And we're shown time and time again with our science in quotes that what was seen as a truth 10 years ago ain't the ain't what we're seeing now. And we're pretty sure in 30 years, we'll, we'll be understanding like neurotransmitters differently. Right. Yeah. So this, this essence of being right is, is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanna... yeah. And that also brings me back to the concept of intuition, you know, mm. is, is I feel that that is what would be best for children and all humans is if we honored our own intuition and allowed space for children to honor their own, instead of always being focused on, this is the proven way, and so you should follow this. I think that children are getting conditioned out of their intuition, and I wish I could change that. Well, you are. Yeah. Right, by making these connections and offering your recordings and group sessions. So the more we find practitioners like you. Uh, I think this is a big gift. Uh, so Lopa, as we wind down here, is, uh, could you remind people where to find you on Instagram and your evolving website? Anything else we need to know? Any other places we can find you on in the web? Um, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at awaken.urandri. And my website is, as you said, evolving and becoming very user-friendly as we speak. Mm-hmm. And that's awakenpurandri.com. And if you resonate with this work, what I really encourage you to do, anyone who's listening, is from my website or more easily from my Instagram, you can join my email list. And the first email you get is actually a powerful meditation that's almost 20 minutes long and it has this clearing and planting aspect and it's very beautiful. And so that's a way for you to experience this work, Mm. just have it for yourself at your own home and really start connecting with yourself and just experiencing the magic 
of coming back to our inner soul. So if you're interested or called to that, it's a beautiful place to come. That is fabulous. Thank you for the gift. So I hope people sign up and uh, follow you and check you out. And I know this isn't goodbye for us because I know we're in touch uh, from time to time, thanks to social media. Yes. (laughs) But Lopa, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me and our fabulous listeners. And I wish you... um, much immortal in sun gold. And I love how that plant resonates with you because uh, I I love you. Thank you for being you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love you too. And I have just felt so seen and honored by this interaction and by us, you know, dialoguing over the years to come to this point. And I think you have such a beautiful intuitive eye and gift for the world. So I'm so thankful to be here and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lopa. Well, I, I, I'm going to say, as I do at the end of every episode, thanks for listening, everyone. Definitely go check out Lopa and her great work. And I'll say ciao for now. Until the next time. Bye.